Welcome back to the Week 13 Waiver Wire Preview Pod here at 444 Football. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle, here to highlight the Week 13 Waiver Wire column live on 444.com right now with the drop list, as always, featured at the top. A very big list this week, actually, for everyone. And the rest of the column, including prioritized rankings and contingency top 10 for the fantasy postseason, which you can gain access to by jumping in when you're listening right now and signing up for 85% off because corporate has gone mad and is making that sale last through midnight of Cyber Monday. But before we begin, reminder, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Sleeper, one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. And when I go to Sleeper and I click team at the top, and then I click that plus sign over that helmet on the left side to add a player, I think the sleeper waiver wire pickup of the week is Zay Jones because Trevor Lawrence basically released his own version of swimming and growing up in front of our very eyes with 9.1 yards per attempt in the winning fourth quarter against Baltimore this past week and a 75% completion rate in his last two starts, five touchdowns to zero picks in that span. And what's happened is that performance has elevated Zay Jones with 24 targets in the team's last two games around their bye and a team high 31.4% no-mistype target share as the wide receiver 30 and wide receiver 5 in those games. Maybe being jammed targets is an anomaly for Zay Jones, as he's failed us in the past. But at the same time, we can look short-term for Zay Jones and say the Jaguars play the Lions, who are permitting the fourth-most schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers this week and the following week against the Titans, allowing the second most adjusted fantasy points to wide receivers. So for the next few games heading into the fantasy postseason, and remember, buys are ongoing now in weeks 13 and 14. I have Zay Jones submitted squarely as a wide receiver two to get us there through week 15. If I am looking at a deeper player as sleepers sleeper of the week, I turn to Mac Hollins because now we've seen an enticing trend and Hollins averaging seven targets an 18.2% target share, and 11.2 fantasy points per game, and five starts without Hunter Renfro this year, compared to just four and a half targets, a 13.2% target share, and just 5.8 fantasy points in six games alongside Renfro. Maybe this is a trend that is volatile weekly, but at the same time, we can look at the schedule right now in the interim and say, The Chargers-Raiders game is projected for 51 points, the second highest total on this slate. And thus, it is another terrific spot without Hunter Renfro, who's still on IR, to start Mac Hollins in the short term. And remember, for both of those players, head to sleeper.com or download the latest app today. I thought the tough decisions were done with. I thought in week 13, I got to sit my ties. The column could be smaller. And we would have smooth sailing to the fantasy postseason. But no more. It's time to draw a line in the sand. Because Christian McCaffrey, day-to-day with a knee injury. Elijah Mitchell out the next six to eight weeks. Thus, droppable because he's not going to return, most likely, until the actual NFL postseason. And what we have behind them this past game is Jordan Mason. And being the only available running back once Christian McCaffrey and Mitchell left that game, handle a season-high five carries and 13 snaps on offense. But remember, we've seen this before. In week two, with Jeff, with Elijah Mitchell injured, Jeff Wilson came in, 
led the team in touches, but right behind him, Tyrion Davis Price was active for his first game and out-touched Jordan Mace's 14 to nothing. That game, of course, was when Tyrion Davis Price suffered a high ankle sprain. The team then went on and, of course, signed Tevin Coleman, promoted him from the practice squad. But then, once Davis Price returned, his second game back, they also only gave Tyrion Davis Price carries and touches behind Jeff Wilson. Also, Kyle Shanahan in that game healthy scratched Tevin Coleman and Jordan Mason. So everything we've seen so far with Tyrion Davis Price used as the number two until they've activated Jordan Mason to play on special teams only tells us that we should be ahead of Tyrion Davis Price in this scenario if Christian McCaffrey were to miss any time. So I am ranking them based on what we've seen this year already. Tyrion Davis Price and then Tevin Coleman, who is on the team's practice squad and expected to be called up in this scenario, and then Jordan Mason, third among those running backs. For quarterbacks, because we have bye weeks to attend to, we do have a couple good options in the wire in Jordan Love and Mike White. And you may laugh at the prospect of starting Jordan Love, but look at what this Bears defense has done since week eight. 34 and a half points per game in that span. 6.6 yards per play in their last five games. And most important for Love, 9.4 yards per attempt in that time. Jordan Love is a low-end QB1 for week 13. But you can build a case quite easily for Mike White, even if you don't believe the hype. Because not only does he get, in the short term, a Viking secondary leaking the third highest rate of 15-yard games this week, but look at the Jets' schedule beyond Week 13. The Bills, which due to injuries, scared no one and allowing multiple 300-yard passers in their last three games. The Lions, who are currently permitting 3.3 more fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks than the next closest defense in that ranking. And the Jaguars, who in their last five games are dead last in Football Outsiders' DVOA metric, most recently allowing 6.2 yards per play and 27 points to a struggling Baltimore O. So the way I look at it is that I do want to start Jordan Love and anyone for that matter against the Bears defense moving forward. But rest of season, I am still ranking Mike White over Jordan Love for the potential playoff schedule. We discussed the Chiefs wide receivers last week, so it only makes sense to rehash it together because we are interested in this 53-point total, the highest one of Week 13 against the Bengals. And what we've seen the last three games is Justin Watson lead the Chiefs in routes run. But in that span, he's only seen seven targets. As Sharp Football's Rich Rebar would note, he's just running cardio out there. Whereas Sky Moore, even though his route participation dipped, dropped in back-to-back games. 46% route rate in Week 11, and then 36% only in week 12. Sky Moore still saw six targets in each of those games, 12 total targets in that span, and more importantly, with the opportunity, earned a target on a whopping 32.4% of his routes run. So although the opportunity is dropping, and although we've seen this before from Sky Moore, anytime he gets a chance, the rug is pulled, and it just doesn't matter anymore. We are in week 13. We are trying to burn our fab because we can't take it to the grave with us. So I am more than willing to take a chance on Sky more in deeper leagues and cross my fingers. No, I'm wish casting him into a larger role. Even so, 
I do want Justin Watson as an immediate flex play, knowing he's run more routes than Marquez Valdez-Scantling as the Chiefs wide receiver one, at least on the field, in back-to-back games. Let's quickly get into some deep cuts, because with Darnell Mooney out for the year, and both Chase Claypool and Equinemia St. Brown injured, Byron Pringle, for deeper leagues, would not only be the worst player I've suggested on this podcast this year, but also the fallback option if anything happens in that offense, given that, again, we expect Jordan Love and every offense moving forward to plow through Chicago's defense. Isaiah McKenzie's season high in targets, 10, and target share, 23.8% on Thanksgiving, was an aberration. But at the same time, he's buried Khalil Shakur behind the scenes. A 69%, nice 69% route rate. The past three games, two Shakur's 20% route rate. So although the targets may have jumped off the page, the opportunity was there the last three weeks. And honestly, for this Bills offense, it's an amazing, sneaky, get-right spot to bounce back since the only time the Patriots' defense has faced competent quarterback play this year against Tua, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields, and Kirk Cousins, those offense exploited. Pants New England's farce defense for 30 points per game. Thus, I expect the Bills and even Isaiah McKenzie to do quite well in week 13. With Alva Kamara dealing with an unspecified injury, he did fumble twice for the first time in his career, including on the goal line for that Saints offense that was shut out for the first time since 2002, and then pulled later on in the second half with this quote-unquote injury. But just note that we've seen this before. And Mark Ingram handled 10 carries and caught two balls in both of the games he started earlier this year without Alvin Kamara. Yes, this offense is dreadful with Andy Dalton under center. But at the same time, with bye weeks, I at least trust Ingram as a touch-based RB3-4 if Kamara's out. To a quick drop for any of these deep league players, because we've seen Curtis Samuel now average a 3.7% target share and total two targets in the last two games with Jahan Dotson over 60% of the team's snaps. Now, maybe it's Jahan Dotson's availability. Maybe it's actually because this has become a run-heavy team with Taylor Heineke. Carson Wentz slung the ball around for 38 and a half passes per game, whereas Taylor Heineke is averaging 28 and a half. Nearly a 10 attempt per game drop-off. And that's why you see Terry McLaurin averaging six and a half targets the past two games. That's why you see Jahan Dawson now soaking up opportunity because with Taylor Heineke running this offense, it is not good enough to support two receivers, let alone one as Terry McLaurin is struggling to get there as well. So Curtis Samuel, we are absolutely moving on from. And in deeper leagues, who may we stash as a high ceiling player in his place? I would just note David Bell, has quietly logged a season high in raw snaps in back-to-back games, averaging five and a half targets since week 11. And with Deshaun Watson scheduled to return this week against the Texans, and Amari Cooper being the wide receiver 13 in fantasy points per game, Donovan Peoples-Jones being the wide receiver 43 in fantasy points per game, and David Njoku ranking as the tight end seven, and average scoring. Who on this team has anything left to gain other than David Bell? And right now, the enticing ceiling he offers is better than what Curtis Samuel is giving us in that offense. Reminder, we'll be back on Wednesday 
1 p.m. Eastern for our Week 13 preview show. 85% off if you're listening to this through Monday to join us in the Discord at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I will continue to discuss in-depth waiver ads as well. But until then, you already know, be a little bit kinder than what's required. We'll see you then.